right. So here we are, first episode of the Clarity Cast. And I'm honored to have Joe Candanzaro, longtime friend and colleague, right? Fellow advisor with me. I'm Derek Damano, founding financial advisor, flagship asset services, based here in Towson, Maryland. Joe, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, Derek, I appreciate you having me on. So uh, I am Joe Catanzaro. I am with Openstone Capital Advisors out of Ambler, Pennsylvania. Uh, and I've been doing this now for, I guess, my starting my 35th year yeah. of doing this. Uh, Started at 10 years old, I guess. The 10 years old. Thank you, Derek. Very kind of you. Yeah. <laughs> I know I get I get the ribbing from our group since I kind of weight the upper end of that, yeah. of our group that we hang out with. Yeah. Well, um, so, we, so Joe, you and I could talk about all sorts of things, right? But for, for anybody that is actually listening to us, I'd like to to deliver um, some concise thoughts, Let's I hope, and, um, and and do it in somewhat of a timely manner. So, you know, here we are coming into the last two months of the year, right? So I know you and I thought, you know, year end is something that would be, you know, applicable to, to all or to most. And mm-hmm. so... Um, you and I have collaborated on that whole idea and process and, you know, uh, use some tools to do it. So maybe just, you know, give me an idea or, or, or listeners an idea of how you, you approach year end with your clients and, um, yeah, and we'll go from there. Well, what we typically do is we have a checklist that you and I have developed that we sent out to our clients, uh, in early December to talk about year end opportunities. But if you think about it, year end is really all year long and that there's opportunities throughout the year to making sure that you're minimizing taxes by maybe maximizing your deductions where you can. And you might be able to take out more income in a certain part of the year by the end of the year, most definitely because your expenses have changed if we're talking about itemized deductions as one opportunity. Um, but that's something that we talk about with our clients during our annual or you know, our annual uh, strategic and tactical meetings. When we get together with them, we mm-hmm. talk about some of the issues that they have specifically for themselves and how we can help them to maximize their income and minimize their taxes. Yeah, J- Joe, I love something that you said. I don't and I don't want to miss it. Um, well, I want to highlight it is that the year end. Um, the planning really should be going on all year, right? Mm-hmm. The the year end checklist is to make sure that we're dotting I's and crossing T's that, that, that there's no opportunities, let's say, left on the table. So, you know, maybe it would be worthwhile to for me to just review like what might be some of these things. So you figure you have like asset and debts, right? And that covers like a whole bunch of stuff. We have taxes for sure, mm-hmm. right? We have cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and where you put things like gifting, it might depend on your personal situation, right? Mm-hmm. We have insurance and maybe you would put, you know, insurance and retirement plans. If you're still working, that's like a consideration. And then of course we have a state, right? And so, you know, I guess depending on, uh, what your specific situation is and, and who's listening, you could be in all of those or in one of those, or maybe one's more important. Um, Joe, maybe give me, give me an example of something that, that you're, you've seen or you're working on here coming into year end with a, with a client that is, is time sensitive, that this is, you know, applicable to kind of the conversation we're having right now. 
Yep. So we'll just use some round numbers with a with a client of ours. No names, protect the innocent. But what we're looking at is we have a a client that has um, they've been moved into a nursing home, so they're in need of care on a more regular basis. Okay. And so their expenses uh, for the year now are close to a hundred thousand dollars. So for simple math, we'll use a hundred thousand dollars of medical expenses that they have. And their IRA distributions are only required to take out about $5,000 a year. Hmm. Their social security is about $30,000. So in theory, if you think about it, if they do nothing, their income is going to be about $35,000 and they're going to have, you know, about $65,000 of expenses that are going to be lost hmm. from a tax standpoint. So what we can, what we talked to them about doing was increasing their IRA distributions to a higher value so that they might be able to take out another $60,000 of IRA distributions and not get taxed on that money or be taxed very lightly on that money. Mm -hmm. And therefore they just transfer it into another account and let it sit there. The benefit is that they get taxed very little and then when they pass, that money is gonna be transferred over to their beneficiaries with a very different, with a difference in cost basis, if that, uh, but not tax as ordinary income like it would under an IRA. Yeah. So, so Joe, I, I mean, that's a really neat. Um, so let me just kind of um, frame that for our listeners. So mm -hmm. you have a client and, and, I'm, and I'm assuming if they're in a nursing home, you're probably dealing with a family member, who you know, the power of attorney or whatever. So you're working with them. There's, there's these medical expenses that are being itemized. We have mm -hmm. incoming income coming in that is, it sounds like in this example, you know, a third of what the potential uh, itemized deduction is. Mm -hmm. And you're taking advantage of removing uh, taxable money from an IRA. So ordinary income tax, mm -hmm. you're moving it out. It sounds like at almost zero, potentially zero. Correct. And then there was something in there that, that maybe you know, our, our listeners wouldn't have caught is that then that money's being invested in, in, in some sort of investment. And it's now after tax and assuming it's not spent, when that passes to their heirs from that account, we're talking about a step up in basis, meaning they're, they're not going to pay uh, taxes on the value of when it was purchased, but on the date of death value. Is that correct? Exactly yeah. right. Yep. So there's, there's tax advantages there for all parties involved. Yeah. So there's there's actually a couple of layers potentially of of tax planning and advantage that's occurring. Mm -hmm. Is that so? So that sounds really complicated, but that I mean, in essence, there's there's only a couple of moving parts. It sounds like so. Um, like how much you find that right? How like if if you're if you're listening to us talk about this right now you know, what, what would be like a flag to say, like, you know, maybe we should be looking at, at this, you know, like. That, that goes back to our, the annual strategic meetings that we have with our clients. So we're understanding what is their situation, because in this situation, this client was at home for the first couple months of the year and then transitioned okay. to a nursing home. Right. So in 2023, it was kind of split where two thirds of the year was in a nursing home. One third was in at home with some home care. Yeah. So that was realized by just sitting down and having our annual meeting with the clients, okay. clients family as well, and identifying what are some of the strategies that we can help with this because they're transitioning to this high cost, but let's use this negative to make it a positive for ourselves, mm -hmm. for them. Got it. 
Yeah, I mean, well, so it sounds like there's something in there for sure is that, I mean, the, there's communication and there's a meeting occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I would imagine, not knowing anything uh, about the, the, the individual clients and family members you're talking about, like, that's a stressful time, it sounds like. You got somebody at home getting care, you got a transition, that sounds like those, that family has a lot on their plate. And um, I get, I guess what I, what I'm picking up from that is that, you know, it would be easy to miss if there wasn't an open line of communication to say, okay, well, there's costs and how do we look at these costs? Right. I mean, that, that seems like, well, we're really busy and you just start paying for it. And then the end of the year comes and, and goes, you know? Correct. No, I think you're spot on. I think having, having a relationship with an advisor is somebody who's is outside of that that box or that rush that you're going through as a as an individual who's living through those issues and can identify these where like you said you're so busy in, in the flux of what was going on there that you're not identifying it so having that professional whether it's your financial advisor whether it's your tax preparer somebody can help you to identify those possible chances yeah well and so you know Joe, the, talking about not missing things, right? And and this is probably a little bit before the stage of life that we're talking about um, for your client now, but required minimum distributions, mm. right? And so, you know, when you get to a certain age, right? And it used to, to be 70 and a half, and now we've, we the IRS is moving this, right? Um, you, you're required to take money out of your IRA. So um, talk a little bit about how in your firm you you help clients make sure that that gets done mm-hmm. and avoid potentially the, the negatives that can occur. Yeah. Well, the negative that can occur is, is the elephant in the room where it's a 50% penalty if you don't take out what's required to come out. That's a 5-0% penalty. So if you don't take out $1,000 that you should have, they're, the government's going to hit you with a 50% or a $500 tax penalty on top of that. We what we want to do is we want to minimize that opportunity of that occurring. So we set up an automatic RMD to hit the client's account that we have. And we do that in December every year. Mm-hmm. Now, during our annual meetings with them that occurred earlier in the year, if a client wants to take money out because they want to take a trip or have a home renovation that needs to be done or a major expense like a roof or an HVAC unit, then we take the money out during the year because it's got to come out anyway. It's sitting there in cash, getting ready to come out at the end of the year. And then we go and turn off or pause that December of that year so they don't get hit with two distributions out of their account by mistake. Right. So no, so no penalty, but a, an extra distribution. You know, Joe, one of the things that that um that that I have seen and I and we have here that I, probably is not uncommon is we have clients that are retired, their home is paid for, mm-hmm. but there's still property taxes, of course. Mm. And so I have clients that, that like to take their, their RMD or part of their, their required minimum distribution to, that aligns with this property tax bill they have. Mm-hmm. It's just one of these things where cash is coming in and cash is going out. And you know if, if they're living you know, basically debt-free outside of their lifestyle, that and insurance are probably two of their, you know, bigger fixed expenses. And so Mm -hmm. that's one of the ways here we've worked with clients to kind of um, align this required distribution with something that is, um, you know, happening that's unrelated, but just helps with this cash flow planning, you know? Right. 
No, no, you're spot on. And one of the questions that that a lot of people tend to, they may or may not be aware of, is that you can take out your required minimum distribution from every IRA that you have, every qualified account you have, or you can lump it into just one as long as you're meeting what that required distribution is is required to come out for that tax year. Yeah, that uh, and that's a. I think that's a great point. And and like so, I w- I would caution, uh, you know any of our brave souls that are listening to Joe and I, that of course there's some nuances to some of this stuff and we're talking high level. Um, but yeah, you, you know, coming up with a strategy, if you have multiple IRAs on how best to take them, you know, is something that obviously can be done coming into year end. But I would argue that, you know, if it's if it's a strategy that's ongoing, something that gets planned out earlier in the year, and then maybe the asterisks to that whole thing is, is that, you know, we're talking about IRAs and aggregation that if you have multiple account types, you know, that there's some specific rules and you need to be careful of, um, you know, uh, Joe, one of the things, you know, so talking about, I guess we talked about itemized deductions as they relate to medical expenses. So we talked about that nursing home and then we peeled back a few years and we talked about required minimum distributions. Um, and now, you know, I guess if we peel back a few more years and we talk about our individuals that are, you know, maybe, uh, pre-transition, right. That are still working and have, mm-hmm. um, retirement plans and maybe, uh, FSAs and, uh, HSAs and so forth. So c- coming into your end, there's some considerations there. And, you know, um, I'll speak to just the retirement plan side is that, you know, uh, if you're participating in a plan and it has flexibility um, in your your contribution percentages, and so you could could change them, and you haven't maxed that out the plan, and you'd like to, you have have either the cash flow or the cash savings. I mean that that's an opportunity. You know that once we get to through that last payroll period, it, you know is is now gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, looking at like. Are we are we trying to max out a plan? Do we have the the ability to max out that plan? And then do we have the flexibility and payroll? You know, starting to have that conversation now. You know, prior to the, the you know the day before the last payrolls run is probably you know an important thing to do. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit um, if, about uh, at, you know, like FSA. You know, I know that's a little bit different um, than you know, than the retirement plans, but it's also a year end thing. And there's a couple of nuances, I think, on uh-huh. how much you put in. And so maybe you could speak to that. So with an FSA, it's a user lose it scenario, we call it. So if you put in, you know, $2,000, let's make it simple, make it $1,000 into your FSA in that year, and you don't use it all. Well, it's a user lose it scenario. Now, now the, the government does allow you to carry over about $600 that if you do overfund it and you have some money in there, in this example, if you put $1,000 in and didn't use it, well, you're gonna lose $400 yeah. that you can't carry over. And so you have a lot of doctors, dentists will start reaching out to you, hey, pay for your glasses now. Mm-hmm. Hey, get your dental checkup now. They can start using some of these expenses. Uh, that's the FSA, the flexible spending account. The HSA, the health savings account, is not a use it or lose it scenario. You can make the full contribution or any dollar value you want below that full contribution. And then you can carry over whatever is not used into the next 
tax year if you so choose. So there's a little bit of a difference there, but to do that, you have to have a certain type of health, a high deductible health plan to go along with the HSA, where the flexible spending account is not a specific health plan that goes along with it. So there's a difference, nuances, or a couple of them right there. Yeah. Well, so Joe, I mean, kind of two things that, that I, as I was listening to you, one is you have to know what type of health plan you have, right? That's yeah. the first thing, right? And, and I know I'm like, we're kind of chuckling, but the thing is, is that, you, you know, you have, you have health insurance, you're paying your, you, you, um, you're, you're paying for your premiums or it's being deducted from your employer or whatever the, and, and some of those nuances, as long as you're receiving care and, you know, can sometimes be missed. So I think clearly knowing what you have. And then what was so cool about that example or, or your explanation is you figure you have one where, um, you know, the, the, the key thing is, is making sure that we're using the dollars, right? The FSA. And then the other with the HSA, the key thing is, is making sure that if you're going to fund it to the limit, right? Or, or, or fund it for the current year, that that happens before the end, before the year ends, right? Um, so on, so on, the F, on the FSA, you need to have have that done. With the HSA, you can contribute into the first part of next year. Up the until year. Okay, up until when, Joe? On that, that's your tax filing deadline. Just like an IRA. Just like an IRA. So yeah. that April fifteenth ish. Okay, only on the day of the week. Yeah. Well, and I guess they move that day sometimes if we have a weekend, right? So yes, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, so, I mean, I know we could talk about all sorts of other fun stuff and maybe we'll, we'll talk about some gifting or whatever later, but I, I mean, I think that that is um, like, that's some good stuff. So coming into year end, confirming that you're like looking at your current tax situation and making mm -hmm. sure that you're not leaving the opportunity to maybe uh, distribute money or move money Um on the table to your mm -hmm. benefit, right? I think it was kind of our first one. Uh, RMDs, required minimum distributions, making sure they get done, mm -hmm. right? And then kind of like the second part of that conversation is, do, do you have a strategy around the way they're getting done? And if the answer to that's no now, does it make sense for next year? Mm -hmm. um, and, and then the last one we talked about um, was contributions. Mm -hmm. And then we, I know we kind of brought this whole FSA, HSA into that whole retirement plan. Um, so, so again, the way that we're helping clients kind of figure this all out is a, is a checklist, right? And, okay. and, and we're not holding it in our mind. So clients sure, certainly shouldn't. We're using that to say, okay, well, are, are there any yeses or are, are all these no's and we're in good shape? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's great. You hit it all. Yeah, great. Well, Joe, I'm glad we could catch up and I'm sure this will be helpful, you know. Uh, and if it, it, even if no one listens to this, it was really enjoyable <laughs> talking with you, Joe, today. So I appreciate you coming on and, and have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Derek, for inviting me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, good to be with you, Jeff. You too, bud.